And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have Padre Scout Team Outfielder 2026 Duke Commit Trent Maven on the JKR Podcast for the San Diego Padre Scout Team Spotlight. Trent, super pumped to get you here on the show for the second week of this series. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. I really appreciate you having me here. You know, it's a blessing, a great opportunity. And I really, I'm doing good. I woke up this morning, you know. Talk about baseball. I can't do anything else but have fun, smile. All right. They're great mindset to have. And again, you know, you talk about how you're thankful for coming on the show. I'm thankful to have you. Thankful to have, you know, pretty much everybody on this Padre Scout team having Mo on here as well to kind of dig into how everything's going on. Uh, it's been pretty exciting digging into it so far. We're about halfway through, uh, you know, kind of excited to keep digging into it as well with some of your other teammates. It's been a uh, pretty, been pretty cool kind of learning about this team culture, learning about everything that your dad, everything Brandon, everything Mo has kind of put together for you guys and kind of what this, you know, Padre Scout team's all about going to what was it unranked? I think what seventh in the country, you know, over one season one season it's so, a lot it's a yeah, lot so it's uh you know i was really excited digging into it and kind of everything going on i hear about all this passion and this heart that you guys play with so i'm really you know looking forward to you know catching a game or two here the next summer kind of see everything you guys got going on but um before we dig into the baseball side of things i got one question i always like to ask everybody to get the podcast started and that is for those who don't know you how would you introduce yourself who exactly is trent maven 
I would say Trent Maven is a dog. I would say he's not going to let anybody outwork him as far as even if it's getting mental reps in. He studies the game. With a, you know, he's a very smart player, but also a very humble player. You know, anytime anybody needs help, he's always doing it. Hey, you need help. Keep your head up. Keep fighting. You know, that's me. I'm always trying to be here to be a teammate. Even if I'm not having a good game, I'm going to make sure I can do everything in my power that I'm not affecting nobody's energy. I'm still going to cheer my team on with a smile on my face, regardless of how my game goes or how my day is going, whatever. That That's Trent Mabin. I feel like, you know, I want it. That's that's Trent Mabin. I want it. I want it real bad. Right. That's me. All right, I like that. You know, calling yourself a dog. That makes it two for two here tonight. Uh, had Cody Goff on earlier. He was calling himself a dog. Yeah. Stories about you, Cody. You know, obviously, you know, all the passion and heart you guys are playing on. Let's go ahead. Let's kind of start it off talking about this Padre Scout team. Obviously, your dad being one of the coaches, Brandon and Mo as well. You kind of got kind of like the first scene of kind of seeing how everything got put together for this Padre Scout team. Kind of take us through your point of view, maybe Brandon and your bro. Brandon and your dad meeting, potentially making this team. Kind of take us through your point of view of how exactly this Padre Scout team got started. Um, So for me, you know, I've known Brandon since probably like the sixth grade now. Me and Brandon, that's like, I call him my uncle. That's that's family to me. And his son, Elijah Williams, that's my brother too. So we actually started playing together. I think it was on Canes. It was a Canes team. We actually started playing together. And me and Brandon had a super great relationship. And we knew that we had to go somewhere else. We had to, you know do this and if through that my him and my dad got really close and you know they talked to AJ Preller and they was all in with the idea. So, you know, we kinda got a couple other guys from the Florida area or even other guys that we play with kind of the first season kind of to set things off. And it was we had a pretty good season. I think we ended the season from unranked to twenty three actually that one season in one year. So it was very fun. It was very I would say this year it's a lot different. You know, it's a lot more, I would say, not serious, but it is at the same time. You know, it's it's a whole different group, whole different mindsets. Like I said, you know, you talk to Cody Goff, you talk to my to Nate, you know, they, they tell you they stuff their dogs. They want it. The same thing I said, that's exactly how everybody else on our team thinks. And when you have a group like that together, I think it just makes everybody better, everybody everybody working no nobody want to get out of work everybody gonna wake up every day with the you know i want it mindset and i think when you bring a group like that together but also a very humble guy like very humble guys very humble group i think that's padre scout team that's that's us and you know it definitely helps having someone like my dad sit there and help us even if it's a mental tip going up with there just tell you what to think, tell you what to pick. He can tell you one thing just off your approach and boom, you're just a knock. Boom, it's this. It's little nuggets that, you know, just from playing in the, year, the big league for 15 years that he knows that we don't know. Or even like Mo, he has a very, very smart coach. I love Mo to death. He can sit there and change your whole perspective on things and stuff that you had never knew about, never even think about. So I think it's fun. I love it. Like I said, everybody on it, we're family. We call each other brothers. We talk consistently. That's That's family. Yeah. So you talk about everyone having kind of that similar mindset, you know, everyone being a dog, you know, showing their heart on the field, playing with some passion, you know, calling each other brothers and just being a big family. Kind of take us through the relationships you have with some of those teammates. Obviously, you mentioned Nate and Cody and all those different guys. Kind of take us through the relationships you're able to build with all those teammates. For sure. Um, I think, honestly, it starts back at Enrico. Uh, me and Enrico and I think 
you know, we have Riley, Riley Strzelski, that's my brother too, Aaron Hernandez. That's kind of where the core started. We are kind of like the first guys from the original season that's that's on this team. And I feel like coming into the season, we also had to be leaders on this team. So it was kind of us trying to make sure we step up for everybody else new on the team. And from there, you know, we had people like Cody Golf. You know, we had Justice DeJong. And unfortunately, he's not with us no more, but we still talk to him. We, we root for everybody. You know, we got AJ Sassicento. We got Sal Garcia. We got we got, we got a lot of dogs, man. We got, you know, Jacob Lombard. Like I said, everybody on our team is family. Everybody. John Moore, like, we're all family. You know, if I'm down, if I'm not having a bad game, just like I'm going to tell them, hey, get your head up. They're going to tell me the same thing. And I feel like, even if that's outside of the field, even if it's just in the Airbnb and somebody's mess is dirty, they're going to say, hey, clean that mess up, and I'm going to tell them the same thing. So it's it's really, like I said, it's really a brotherhood with the Padres organization, for real. Yeah, so you talk about that core that you guys kind of started off with. What was that? Is that two summers ago now? Yeah, it was two, my eighth grade summer, so yes, sir, two summers ago. Okay, so starting off with that core, you know, adding all these different guys. You mentioned Sal, AJ, you know, two other guys at the podcast. Yes, um, sir. You know, adding Cody, Dude, commit. other guys. Yeah, you know your future Blue Devil yep. team as well. Yes, sir. Um, but you know, going through these past two years again, you being part of that core, kind of seeing this whole thing unravel. How have you seen this Padre scout team evolve these past two summers? I think, as far as you know, the mental standpoint, the biggest for sure. I think you know, even last year, I feel like we were a good team, but not everybody on the team was focused mental wise. You know, I feel like with this new group that we're having, everybody's locked in. Like I said earlier, everybody wants it. There's not one person who wants it more than the other person. Just like I'm sitting here saying I'm a dog, I know there's way more guys on this team that's saying the same thing. They wake up with it. I'm going to beat Trent Day. I'm going to beat Cody. It is, that's that's their mindset. You know, like, that pushes us. And I like, even with the – we don't care who's ranked higher than us. We don't look at that. You know, that's one thing my dad's always told us is to stay humble. When we win a game, ain't no talking junk in between the games, talking trash in between the games. When we dap y'all, you know, what's up? Good game, good game, good game. No matter win or lose, you know, we try to make sure to stay humble, stay, like play within ourselves. That's, and I think that's definitely separated us a lot within these two years. So you talk about kind of that inner competition that's going on within that Padre scout team. Obviously, you guys are a family, but you guys always want to beat each other as well. You mentioned, let's say, you know, one of your teammates saying, you know what, waking up in the morning, got to go beat Trent, got to go beat so-and-so, whatever. You know, a great just inner competition there within the team, kind of building a great culture. Kind of take us through that Padre scout team culture. Obviously, you guys got that inner competition. I hear about that South Florida spice that Cody and Nathaniel and some yeah. of those bring in. Kind of take us through with that Padre scout team culture looking like you know I feel like a lot of people see us on you know YouTube and they think that we might be like I said cocky guys but not one of us is like that everybody is super humble nobody nobody on this team is a cocky guy or plays with ego we all know how good that we can be so we play with confidence but you know like outside of the field we're fun we kids man you know we love to have fun go out and just laugh and just sit back and play the game that's us you know like it's a, it's a brotherhood it's not all about baseball 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 and I feel like that's where a lot of people get mixed up because you know at the end of the day it's a game it's a game you you're supposed to be having fun right now because there's gonna be a point where it's you it's gonna be it's business it's, it's straight business and every time we get on the field we thinking it's business but also we it's a game we're here to have fun like I said if I'm down with Nathaniel might come up to me and say something a joke just to make me laugh it's not even 
get up, get up. It just, it's it's more of a family vibe, you know. Off the field, if I don't got some, I know somebody, one of my teammates got me. If, it's a, if somebody don't got some, I got them. So I just, you know, that starts off the field. I think a big key, a big, like, part of our separation this year was off the field. You know, we're family off the field. There's a, no negative vibes. No, nobody don't like this person, don't like this person. Like I said, everybody on this team loves each other like they're their brother. So you talk about that, you know, YouTube page that's going on, you know, youth prospects following you guys around. You know, I'm always seeing that as I'm scrolling through, seeing all that different, you know, content being posted about the Padres scout team. Obviously, you guys wearing those Padres uniforms, kind of being officially affiliated with those San Diego Padres. Obviously, your your, your father's Latin, your father's name, you know, kind of attached to it as well. 15-year big leaguer. Do you think all those three things put together kind of, kind of take us through maybe the extra target that you guys have on your back? kind of having all those three things put together for you guys? Um, For sure. I think just alone from the Padres scout team name alone, we have a target on our backs. Even from every game that we play, everybody else plays like it's a championship game. They want they want to beat us more than anything. They don't care if they lose the rest of the tournament. If they beat the Padres scout team, best believe they don't talk about it for the next month. Just off the Padres scout team. And then, you know, you have guys like, like I said, Cody Golf, Jacob Lombard. You know, you got uh, so many other players on this team that just has a name for themselves. And people just, I'm not going to say hate on, but they don't like. And it makes it hard. It's not hard because, you know, we love that. We love playing with that chip on our shoulder. I feel like this team is super good at that, playing with that chip on their shoulder. But it definitely it's definitely real. I feel like it's definitely that target. And then you got, you know, like my dad, like you said, 15 years in the big league. So coaches going at it. Coaches don't like it. It's a lot. You know, parents don't like us just because, you know, like I said, you can go in our YouTube videos, look at the comments. There's so many people that just don't like us and don't even know us. It's just just because. So, you know, it's, it's, it's real for sure. But I don't think that anybody on the team lets that get in the way of how we play or who we are. We know who we are. We know the potential that we have. And that's exactly how we go about our day. Yeah, for sure. So kind of, you know, that first season you guys go from unranked to 23rd in the country to the point to where you're at now. I believe it's seventh in the country for that 2026 class. Take us through that 2023 summer. I know you guys went down to carry to that USA event, which is always great. Um, you know, we probably went, went pretty far in some of those other tournaments as well. Kind of take us through what this 2023 summer looked like. Um, It was very fun. Like I said, it's, it was super fun. It was a, almost a whole new group from the first year, but it was definitely a, a more focused group off the field too. So I think, you know, we just overall from pitching to hitting, it was just a, it was a super fun season. It's almost like every game we went into, we we were there to have fun. It was fun. It was fun. It's, there was a lot of games that, you know, like we should have won for sure. But like I said, not one person goes and is like, oh, we should have won that game because we know who we are. Baseball, you're not going to win every game. Baseball is one of them sports that you're going to lose and fail more times than you succeed. And I feel like everybody on that team knows that. And that's exactly how we played last year. There was not one game that we lost and was we felt defeated because we knew that when we got our next chance, we was going to take advantage of that opportunity. Like I said, I know perfect game got us ranked seventh, but I personally don't feel like that's the case. Like I said, um, we did come up short in a couple of tournaments, but like I said, even the games that we lost, I feel like not one team that, that beat us was better than us. And 
I'm not saying that from a cocky standpoint, but I'm saying that from an all-around team to how we even are off the field and as far as a family. It's, you know, it's more than about just winning this or winning that. Like, you got to have a family. You can't just be the best team in the world and still win the game. It's off the field, too, on the field. Who's going to pick each other up? When somebody's down, who's going to pick that up? And I just – I feel like we are the number one team in the nation. I feel like – you know, maybe we haven't done enough to prove ourselves, but I know that everybody on the team feels like we could be that too. And I feel like last year made us even more hungry going into this next summer to prove ourselves in where it's not a question anymore. So making that jump there to seventh in the country, adding all these different guys, obviously having that mindset that you guys are that best team in the country. What are those expectations heading into 2024, you know, kind of going through your 16U summer? Take us through what those expectations would be. Um, Like I said, I don't think we're going to put too much pressure on ourselves as far as like going in and thinking like, oh, we can't lose this because people are going to think that. We're going to play every game like it's the championship. Like I said, no matter if it's the first game of, pool playing it don't matter what's gonna happen we're gonna play every game like it's our last game like like I said we can go to sleep one night and who knows we not might not be able to play baseball anymore so and that's exactly how we're gonna play like it's our last game every single game and I know that's not just me I know that's everybody on that team they're gonna wake up and every 6 a.m game every 8 p.m game they're gonna come in there with the same mindset the whole offseason I know they're gonna be working I know they're going to come back as a whole new, different person. They're ready to shock people just like I am. All right. So looking up and down that Padres scout team roster, obviously I'm kind of, you know, pulled it up here, talking to Coach Mo there earlier, you know, just digital, division one after division one commit. Obviously you guys being 26s, it's probably, you know, less than a year away from now where you guys will be adding quite a few more power five division one commits, you know, when that whole August 1st thing comes around. But looking at that roster, seeing all those different guys that are going to be going to the next level, just like yourself, Kind of take us through how you guys are picking each other's brains. Maybe take us through some of those conversations. What is that looking like when it comes to picking each other's brains, being such high caliber baseball players? Um, I feel like it's still just like being there for each other, you know, just because I feel like sometimes we're, you know, we're kids. So there is a lot of pressure on us. Sometimes, you know, that might get to me as well. That's that comes for me. That's just anybody. That's any kid with a lot of pressure on them, you know, even as far as adults will sit in there and talk about every last player on our team without knowing us. So I feel like as far as being there for each other as a brother, knowing like, hey, don't matter, don't care what they think. It don't matter what they think. Letting another show like, hey, you, you dog, you're a dog. Like I said, if I'm having a bad game, somebody going to come in that team. They're going to look me in my eyes and say, hey, you a dog. But it don't matter what nobody out here think, you a dog. And that's what we're going to go out here and do. And I feel like that that's what separates us. Okay, so on that roster, obviously you're seeing what you from North Carolina, you know, those guys bringing that South Florida spice, Ryan yeah. from Michigan. Let's see, I know there's some guys from New Jersey. I think there's a couple Puerto Rican guys in there as well. Yes, sir. You know, it's a wide range of uh, diversity there on that. Yes, sir. When it comes to, you know, across the country, some international guys as well. Is that a little bit of a culture shock there at the beginning, kind of being around so many guys that are across the country? Um... I don't, me personally, I don't feel like it was a, it was a shock. You know, I don't feel like, I thought it was just fun. You know, like, it's so many different personalities, so many different people coming from different places and just getting able to meet those different vibes, meet how 
what those people do when they're bored, as far as what I do when I'm bored, it's just, it's super fun. And, you know, I think even from like Enrico, he lives in Puerto Rico, you know, him coming here and telling us what they do, what they eat, what we eat, what we say is it's, it's super fun. I think that you know, everybody gets a kick out of just sitting back and talking to each other. We sit there and talk for hours and just laugh about what we do, what you do, what you do. It's just, it's fun. It's fun. We're family for sure. When I was talking to Kai, he was talking about, yeah, man, I might, I might go surfing here later tonight. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, see, like everybody, California, that, that's the Cali boys. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's He's crazy. From Cali. A guy from you know North Carolina is definitely doing something <laughs> completely different from a guy yes, from. Sir. I'm getting ready for the snow. I know Ryan <laughs> Boss already getting the snow. Yeah, he is. And he was talking, you know, going hunting. I think I was yeah. today and saw. I think he got a, a buck or something. It's exactly. you know, crazy being all over play, all over the place in the country. All the different things you got going on but um kind of want to talk about the coaching staff here for a little bit obviously your dad's on that coaching staff there with Brandon with Mo kind of take us through the relationships you have with Brandon and with Mo kind of how they've built over this past two years with this Padre scout team how have those relationships evolved um yeah like I said me and Brandon definitely kicked it off first you know, and then Mo came in the picture. Like I said, I love Mo. That's that's my dog. If I'm ever down, he gonna make sure I'm good. And I feel like Mo's very respected on his team because his I just like his IQ alone. He's he's not there to see nobody fail. He wants everybody on our team to succeed. Ain't no favorite player, favorite dad. Like I said, everybody is a part of this team, and that's how Brandon treats everybody. That's how Mo treats everybody. That's how my dad wants to treat everybody. Like I said, there's kids on our team that don't even play for us anymore, but they're, they're family. They still root the best for those kids. If those kids want to get on the phone to college, they'll still pick up the phone and call those colleges for those kids. And like I said, they look out for us like other parents. Like it's more than just coaches to us. And I feel like that's how it is with every person on that team, with Mo, with Brandon, with my dad. And I feel like, if you ask anybody else on the team, they'll tell you the same thing. Yeah, so two, two-parter question here. Obviously, your dad, you know, every time I talk to a guy, I'm always talking about, you know, what are those benefits of learning from a 15-year big leaguer? Obviously, you get a little bit more, you know, him being your dad, being at home there. Kind of take us through some of the benefits you've learned throughout your, throughout you know, your, what, 16, 17-year-old yes, life, you know, living at home, living, see, seeing that big league mindset, seeing everything your dad's got going on. Kind of take us through the benefits you've seen, but also maybe some of the benefits you think your teammates have seen, hearing your dad's experiences, hearing those stories, kind of seeing everything he's got going on. Kind of take us through some of those benefits. Um, I think the biggest part is mentally. You know, I know for me, the biggest part is I know everything that he tells me is going to make me better, whether I understand it in the moment. Like I said, he's done this for 15 years, and, you know, it was it was a fun experience for me, but also a hard experience for me because you know I, I always I've grew up with having to face adversity, just because my last name alone. And he's always told me that no matter how good you are or who knows who or how many people know you, you're always gonna go through adversity. Everybody gonna go through adversity. It's about what makes you great. What separates everybody and the great people from the others is what they do when they're in adversity. They are they gonna sit there and fold or are they gonna sit there and push through it? You know. Or even as far as, like I said, little mental cues to just go out there and also remind me, like, yes, I'm here to make you better. I'm here to be your coach. But like I said, there's like even for me, I'm his son. Ain't no favoritism. Ain't he always let me know that it's if you want it, you gotta go get it. If just because I'm your dad don't mean anything's hand out to you. If Trent, if you want it, get up every day and work for it. And you gonna go get it. You go get it yourself. And I think, you know. 
he keeps the same honesty with every person on that team. If I'm messing up, I, my dad going to be the first person to tell me I'm not working hard. And just because I'm his son, I don't mean that I won't be on the bench either. And I feel like that goes for everybody. Just he makes everybody so much stronger mentally, so much smarter with knowing the game of baseball or just how he breaks it down to you. Like you can go ask my dad about anything. He'll tell you just off his IQ. And I feel like that's so respected within our team because they know that he going to make us better. He going just from the mental part alone to if we have a question about our swing, that's our guy. We're going to go to him. So it's just, it's definitely, it's super fun. You know, it's super, you know, exciting to have somebody like that, that, you know, even me, I can go downstairs and talk to, you know? So it's, it's, it's super fun for me. It's um, it's a great experience, and I feel like everybody else will say the same thing. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, going through that early childhood, your dad being in the big leagues, what are some of those favorite stories? Maybe some, you know, we talk about the biggest lessons in terms of mentality and different things like that, but kind of what are some of those favorite stories you'd be able to hear hear, hear from your dad, hear, to kind of seeing him, you know, go through that big league career? Kind of take us through that. Um. You know, it's fun. Like I said, I grew up in a big league clubhouse, so I done experienced a lot, met a lot of players. So it's it's really I don't even know how to put it into words. It's it's almost like a I'm living the dream. It's that's kind of how it was, you know, being able to, you know, even get jersey signed for people like Ken Griffey Jr. It's 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 very fun. It's you know, I'm very also grateful. I tell them all the time I'm grateful. You know, it's a lot of people ask me what is it like to have a dad like that you know it's for me it's I grew up in it so it's normal but you know every day he go out and work every day he was working and he was trying to make sure that our for his family was good we're good and you know I appreciate him for that you know even just get when I was younger seeing him wake up every morning and go work whenever we would sleep going to the field and getting ready for the game six hours before the game time even started you know I feel like that's made me also wanted even more seeing somebody like seeing my father like that. that's my role model. Like I said, I tell him all the time. I probably don't tell him enough, but that's my role model. Everything I see him do, I'm like, I want to not only be like him, but I want to be better. <laughs> I tell him all the time, I want to be better. Um, so your dad having that big league career obviously comes some big league connections. Obviously, I've I've been scrolling through Instagram, Twitter a couple times. I've been seeing Drake at a San Diego yes, scout team practice. Kind of what happened there? Kind of what's going on? What was I'm assuming you got to meet Drake? Kind of take us through what that experience was like. It was super, super dope. Um, like I said, he has his new brand, Nocta, um, for clothes. So we actually came out there, you know, he he put up on us. It was it was it was fun. It was fun. I don't even know. I'm still shocked, even just talking about it. like we met Drake. We all it still feel like a dream come true, you know, a lot of people don't get to have that opportunity and be in situations like that. Um, said his team actually saw my TikTok or Instagram or something or something like that, I guess, and they had reached out to me and also seen, like I said, this Padres scout team has seen my dad and seen what we were doing and they wanted to work with us. So it was that's not an opportunity that we can't, we can't turn that down, man. You know, it's drizzy. It's of course drizzy. not. Of course not. But, uh... <laughs> Like, you know, getting the chance to meet Drake, you know, because of baseball, that's got to be a great memory within your baseball career. But beyond that, looking back on these past couple years with the Padres scout team, potentially maybe playing travel baseball there with the Canes or anybody else, kind of take us through maybe some of those favorite memories you've had 
throughout your travel baseball career so far? Um, I'd say the first season of the Padres, like I said, is this is a brotherhood. I played with a lot of teams, but a lot of teams haven't also felt like a brotherhood. This is the one team where I can call anybody right now and I can tell them anything that I'm going through. You know, it's it's super fun, but I'd have to say besides that, the most fun, the best memory is that that dirtbags game. You know, my boy Yodelka said that walk off home run and extra innings. That was it was crazy. I I think I've been in a lot of crazy games. But a game like that and extra innings to win it like that and be on second base watching everything happen with the energy is it was almost like I knew that we were a brotherhood, but how much we came together and we fought together until the end to win that game and not only like not only that, but we had so much fun doing it. It was more than just a game to us. We was doing every little thing together with the most energy. I don't think I've ever seen our team with that much energy ever. So I think that was that was definitely one of my one of my core memories. I'm always gonna remember from this team for sure. All right. So moving it from you know the Padre Scout team travel baseball stuff to the whole high school scene. You know, went through your freshman year there last spring. Take us through that experience. Maybe some of the growing pains you had being a younger kid facing some older competition, take us through what that freshman spring looked like. Um, It was definitely difficult for me. And I would say difficult for me because, you know, going into my eighth grade year, you know, I think September, actually, I had to get knee surgery. So I was out for a while and just trying to recover from that. But for me, trying to go into my freshman year with the same mindset, you know, and I'm not going to get out of work. For me, I, I feel like I had a big chip on my shoulder coming back, and I wanted it so bad. You know, I was getting up every day, hitting, working out, doing extra PT, you know, um, just even sitting down in a chair and taking swings. I was hitting the brace. So it's just like I wanted it. Um, that's kind of how my spring went about, kind of. Um, my I kind of came back late during the high school season. So it was I didn't get to have a whole high school season as far as like high school baseball. But, you know, I came back and I feel like I had a very great year. I had a amazing freshman year, honestly, for coming back from surgery. And I came back three months early and came back balling. I'm talking about hit, hit, hit. And I just it was fun. It was a very fun, you know, freshman year. But it also I made me so much stronger mentally having to deal with the knee surgery and deal with the adversity and coming back with that chip on my shoulder. Like I said, I feel like it made me better overall, not even just on the field, but as far from a mental aspect too, it made me a lot stronger. It made me have to sit down when I couldn't do nothing. I was watching, studying baseball and I just learned so much things from watching baseball that I didn't even realize you can learn from just sitting down and watching MLB baseball from even hitters approach to what the pitchers are trying to do in the big leagues, like I said, the majority of home runs now come from first pitch. Like I said, that's not something that a lot of kids now sit there and look at. Oh, I'm gonna take the first pitch. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna look at it. But it's just it's little like it's little key things like that that you know I feel like made me have the summer that I had, especially like coming from that high school season. That was that was my biggest thing that I definitely grew on. That's kind of how my high school season went. Okay, so you know, not getting that for not you know that first full season, you're not not getting a full season underneath your belt, kind of on the sideline, kind of seeing your teammates, what's going on, kind of having to focus maybe on the you know mental side of the game, kind of learning more there. 
going into your sophomore year, kind of what's that excitement to play that first full season of high school baseball? What are those expectations? Kind of take us through what's going to be going on there at Asheville High School there in spring of 2024. Yeah, I said, I feel like it's going to be fun. You know, I don't really want to talk too much. You know, like I said, I'm a very humble kid. Like I said, I don't want to – I'm normal. I'm a baseball player like everybody else. I'm trying to make it just like everybody else. I'm not – no better than anybody else is, you know. So really for me, just like I said, from my approach, trying to go into this next year with the same mentality, I'm not going to get outworked. I'm going to still, every every little thing, just, you know, I know that I'm not at my full potential. I know that the potential I can get to, but I know I'm not there yet. So I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely excited. I feel like I'm going to put on a show. I feel like it's going to be a movie. It's going to be super fun to watch. But at the same time, I'm still trying to learn every single day there's something that I learned that I didn't know before. And I know it's going to be that way until even after I retired. Like I said, my dad played 15 years, and he's still learning stuff to this day. So I feel like just waking up every day knowing that there's more stuff to learn. I'm still growing. I'm still, you know, getting better and just trusting the process and not always focus on results. Like I said, I feel like results – kind of gets in people's heads too much. They too worried about the results, the results, instead of trying to be focused on the process because the process is fun. It's about what you're doing in the process. What are you doing? When you're having an uh, okay session, are you mad? Are you upset? Or are you going to take that and grow from it and learn to the next session? And I feel like if I keep doing what I'm doing, it's, it's going to be fun to watch, man. Yeah, so getting that small sample size there your freshman year, kind of looking ahead there to your sophomore season, Kind of take us through that competition level you guys are facing down there in North Carolina. Obviously, I believe Walker Jenkins, that fifth overall picks from yep. North Carolina. Quite a few big-name guys coming out of that state. Kind of take us through what that competition level is looking like in your area, maybe some of those teams that you guys got circled on the calendar. What does that spring schedule look like competition-wise? Um, Like I said, we, we play a very good schedule. And, you know, like I said, I feel like every high school has a couple teams. It's, you know, just okay. But one thing that my high school coach does a lot is he going to put us with the best teams, even if it's a private school. He matches us up with the best competition that we can we can face from around here, from high 80s, every game. That's what we see. And I feel like our high school coach, you know, Coach Hillier, he does a very good job at that, making sure that we're playing the best competition that we could play. Um I don't really like talking about the other teams from North Carolina. Like I said, I like to beat them. I don't like to talk about them. Um, but we have a lot of we – we do have a lot of competition around here, especially from, you know, even our public schools. Like I said, our team a team from Asheville, North Carolina, our rival school actually won the state championship next year. Last year, I mean. So, like, we, we, we got some pretty good competition yeah. up here, and I feel like a lot of people don't give us our credit. Like, a lot of people don't give us our credit, but we play some really good baseball up here. Yeah, for sure. So kind of looking ahead, you know, obviously 2026 Duke commit, playing with some of those Blue Devil teammates there on that Padre Scout team. Let's dig into how exactly that happened. Let's go through that recruiting process. Take us through, you know, when exactly that recruiting process gets started. When was it that some of those Division One coaches and programs kind of started reaching out? Um, So for me, it kind of started later my eighth grade year, as I think when I got my first letter, actually, it was from Louisville. I got my first uh letter, so that was my first interest. And then from near schools like Michigan came in, and then I was also talking to Miami. And just from there, it kind of it slowly started to happen, but it was also like a fast. So it was out of nowhere. I was um 
And then kind of going into my freshman year, that freshman summer, I had a very, like, I had a, that was, that's also one of my best summers I think I've had. So from there and right going to my freshman year, that's when, like, schools like Duke came in, you know, even bigger school came in. And my thing is I wanted to go somewhere I felt wanted. Um, That's one thing, you know, I love Coach Blakemeyer. He's the Coach Parler. Everybody there, every, they're, they're amazing people. Like I said, that's family for real. And they, that's one thing they did a great job is they made me feel like family, not just, oh, I want you to claim, come play for my school. But they took time out of their day to get to know more about me, my family, what I like to do when I'm – not on the baseball field, and that meant a lot to me, knowing somewhere that I can go when I just have coaches I can talk to, even if it's something not about baseball or, you know, and also with Duke education, that's something that a lot of you can't turn down. That that gets you as far as you want to in life off of that. So, you know, I feel like Duke program is coming up a lot. You know, you got kids like Jaden Stroman, they, what's it called, Justice DeJong, AJ Sacento, Sal Garcia, those are kids that, you know, I've all played with, I've all talked to, and I feel like it's going to be exciting. It's going to be, if we all get the chance to go there, it's going to be a really fun time with super good coaching staff there who wants the best for us, and it's going to give us a fair chance to, when we get there, to prove what we can do. Yeah, pretty pretty loaded 2026 class already, and shoot, you guys haven't you guys haven't even hit August 1st of your junior year yet. So Third. I can imagine what that recruiting class is going to be looking like here after the after those regulations go away. But, you know, kind of digging it there into the beginning. Obviously, you know, you said you have all those teams reaching out before your freshman year even got started. Kind of take us through what's going through your mind at that point. You haven't even played a high school baseball game yet. You're talking to colleges. You know, you're still four years away from stepping foot on a college campus. Take us through what's going through your mind at that point as these teams are starting to reach out. Um, it was definitely like a dream. Not a, it was a dream come true. Is that's something that you know a lot of kids don't very really get to experience that early. So it was definitely different for me, but it was also exciting. And you know, my biggest part was understanding that I still have four more years to go. Just because they're offering me right now, don't mean those offers going to stay on the table for four more years. So my biggest thing was, you know, even though I'm getting those offers, and my dad always told me is we want more. I'm not done. We're not done. This, you know, nothing is guaranteed. Like at any second, Duke can take my scholarship. That's just because I'm committed. Don't mean anything is guaranteed. So just going into, you know, every tournament still, even though I have interested from those schools and stuff like that, just knowing that I got to be the best that I can be. Then nothing is just handed out to you. Nothing's just given. It's you got to work for it. So that's kind of. It was definitely fun. It was definitely, I was, it was a lie. It was, I don't even like, it's almost, I couldn't even believe it. It was, I was playing and I couldn't believe it. It was just so young. I ain't even touched a high school baseball field yet. And it's, but it was, it was fun. But it was also made me want it more, not, yeah. not want to get complacent. It made me like, if I'm doing this right now, what can I do in four years? Mm -hmm. So going, you know, as that recruiting process was getting started, you're hopping on those first phone calls with a couple of different schools. Kind of take us through how those phone calls are kind of going about. You know, what are some questions that they're asking you to kind of get to know you beyond the baseball field? What are some questions you're asking them to kind of get to know more about them as a coach, get to know more about their program? Kind of take us through those first couple phone calls, what schools kind of looks like. Um, Definitely. I feel like a lot of coaches definitely, you know, they talk about you talk to you and they tell you how good you are about a baseball player and that's kind of how it was for me like hey Trent how you doing this part a lot about you and 
a couple schools reached out and I said Duke was one of the main schools that stuck out at me because they made me feel like family. Like I, a lot of schools, they talked to me and like I said, and I'm not saying they're bad schools because I love all those coaches and I'm more than grateful that they reached out to me. But like I said, um, and my thing was I want to go somewhere in my freshman year where I have a chance to play. That was me, my dad's this like our whole conversation that we talked about multiple times. I want to go somewhere that I can play and have a fair opportunity, but also like I care about my education. I want to sit there and, you know, our questions is how how big is your class? Like there's a lot of schools now who recruit everybody. I don't want to go to a school where there's commit 60 kids a year and now you get there and you like, am I even going to get a chance? So that was, that was definitely one of our biggest, biggest, you know, questions that we had was, how is it going to be when we get there? And, you know, we like honesty. I know a lot of coaches will tell you like, hey, you're going to have a chance. But, you know, we ask those questions because that's something that, you know, I really take and consider it. You know, I really I really look at that and say, how big is this class? And that's something that I love about Duke that, you know, they don't have a super big class. They don't just go and commit a whole bunch of people. They have a small class. And if you look at a team, they're a young team, man. They're a young team. Those are kids that are getting there as freshmen and getting opportunities to play. And that's that's the biggest thing that me and my dad looked in. So, Ed, you know, you talk about academics, you know, the, the recruiting class size that's going on, you know, feeling like a family. You said you had a great relationship with those coaches. Obviously, now with all the different recruits they have, you have great relationships with those future teammates. But as you started to realize Duke was starting to check off all those boxes, you're getting closer and closer to that commitment. What was that final click that made you realize that Duke was going to be the spot for you to play your collegiate baseball? Um, for me, you know, it was a Zoom call. We had a, it was, I was talking to him for a good minute. And like I said, I was talking to other schools, but from the first phone call, honestly, is they made me feel like they just wanted me the most. They made me feel like so wanted, so special. Like they, it's just more, like I said, from the first call, it was family. And from the first call, I kind of knew it's almost like, you know, right away, like, this is somewhere I want to play. This is somewhere I want to be. And what's crazy for me is Duke somewhere that, like, I probably wasn't even thinking about. But the moment I got on the phone with Coach Pollock, the moment Blake and my picked the phone and called me, I this is where I want to go. They, they're not only calling me and telling me how much they want me to be there, but they're taking time to, you know, talk to my dad, talk to my grandpa, talk to my grandma, get to know more about just who Trent Mayburn is on the field, but take – take time to sit there and call me, check up on me every week. How you doing? You good? You know, just little stuff like that. So that's honestly, I think from the first call, I just, I knew, I'm All not right. going to lie. I knew. Well, everyone talks about, you know, you have to feel like home to commit somewhere. So obviously it sounds like, sounds like Duke was that spot for you. Exactly. Um, but you talk about the great relationships you're having with Blake and Meyer, the head coach, whatever, obviously with that new NCAA regulation that came into effect, can't really talk to him until August 1st of yeah. your year. What is that excitement nine, 10 months down the road, August 1st of 2024 hits? What's that excitement for that first phone call with Duke again? I'm super excited. Like I said, I'm pumped. I can't wait. But when that phone call does come back around, I want to be a whole different player. I want to, like I said, from even a maturity standpoint, like off the field, just coming in with a – even smarter baseball IQ, even smarter off the field. Just I can't wait to be able to get back on that phone and just, you know, like I said, talk to my family, them, them, my coaches, my family. Like I said, that's family. That's I love them. So I'm definitely super, super excited. But 
I, that's nine months is a lot. That's a long time. It's six months. It's, it's, it's a long time. So, like I said, I know I have a lot of improving to do. I know I'm not, like I said, I'm not to my full potential yet, but that's exactly where I'm trying to get. And I, I feel like I'm going to be even closer to there than them six, nine months. Yeah, for sure. So you talk about you want to be a completely different player by the time August 1st comes back around. Let's dig into the player that you are. First off, kind of digging into hitting. Let's go through your hitting approach. Let's say you're walking up to that batter's box. What's going through your mind? What are you trying to do with each at bat? Take us through that hitting approach. You know, my first thing is walking up there every at bat and knowing, like, not even knowing, but just thinking with that mindset, like, I'm going to kill you. I'm, I don't care who's on the mound. I don't care how fast you throw. When you walk up to the plate, you want to walk up with that confidence, with that swag. You can't go into a game thinking, oh, I'm going to get out, I'm going to lose. You want to go up there, hey, I'm about to kill this guy. And, you know, that's that's definitely the first thing starts from walking up there with that confidence, not forgetting who I am as a player, you know. Um, but as far as approach goes, you know, me personally, I have a very, I'm a simple guy. I, I don't really try to do too much. I'm just trying to, you know, put the barrel on the ball. Like I said, you know, stay up the middle, line drives. I'm not really trying to – power comes. That stuff comes, and that's something I have in my toolbox, so I don't really try to, you know, do too much because the simple I am, that's when stuff happens. When I'm simple, when I'm just trying to hit line drives and get knocks and move my guys over and stuff like that, trying to hit balls in the right center field gap on, on the line, hit balls through the second baseman on the line, you know, that's that's kind of my approach, not trying to do too much. And then my two-strike approach, I'm, I battle. If it's close, I'm going to foul the pitch off. From, like, I, don't, I don't like to strike out at all. That's that I hate striking out, man. So I'm going to do everything I can at two strikes. You know, I widen my base, um, get more simple. You know, still, I'm still not trying to do too much, just trying to put the barrel on the ball, you know, not really trying to use my hands, but thinking just rotate, rotate, rotate. If I rotate and my, my barrel going to be on path. So, you know, I look heater, sit on a heater at all times. You know, I'm always going to react to the curveball. So catch the ball out front. Like you can catch the ball out front and still hit the ball backside. You don't ever want to catch the ball too deep because that's when you end up getting jammed. So my thing is still hitting the hard line drives through the second baseman, through the pitcher's head, but, you know, still – being out front, sitting on that fastball, but being able to also react to that curveball. So you dig into the mechanics there a little bit, obviously talking about that that path that you have on two-strike approach. Kind of take us through those mechanics from the load-up to your follow-through. What are those mechanics looking like and how maybe they've evolved a little bit these past couple of years as you've matured as a baseball player? Um, For me, my biggest thing is probably I used to do a toe tap. I don't know more. I feel like you know, my leg kick now has made me more of an athlete than I even knew that I was. I've been able to, you know, cover so many more pitches from, you know, also understanding how much power I do have in a tank. You don't have to try to do too much to hit home runs and do stuff. It's about, like I said, being simple. Put the barrel on the ball, you know, watch the ball the whole time. Like, I, if you look how I play and you watch how I play, there's a lot of hits that I, I swing and my head is still, you know, looking down at the plate. So really just... I said, trying to be simple up there, not trying to do too much. Literally, just try, I'm trying to get knocks. That's my biggest thing. I'd rather go three for three with three singles than fly out because I'm trying to do too much. So it's I like getting knocks. I like hitting the ball hard and scoring people, getting RBIs. That's that's me. That's definitely 
I think would separate me more this year than last year because last year I feel like even though I did have a big summer, I was trying to get so much into my power that I got away from, you know, even my two-strike approach. I think that's something that definitely separated me this year. So you talk a lot about your toolbox. You talk about it a lot here on the podcast. We talked about it a little bit before we started recording. You're saying power comes. But let's kind of go ahead, dig into that toolbox. Obviously, we're in the offseason right now. It means you got three, four months of just absolutely nothing but development before games get restarted. Digging into this offseason, what are some of those key points of emphasis within your development? And then second part to that question, looking even two, three, maybe even four years down the road when you're going to be a freshman there at Duke, what are some of those key things you're wanting to work on before you're stepping on campus? Um, For sure. Like I said, my approach is trying to be the best overall hitter I can be. Knowing I'm not perfect, knowing that I, every day I wake up, I, there's, there's more stuff to learn. Um, Definitely speed, too. I know, you know, coming back from the surgery is – it's hard, but like I said, my legs feel really good right now. My legs feel amazing. And just trying to every day wake up and get better at everything. There's not really like one specific thing that I'm like, oh, I need to focus on this or focus on that. Like I said, I, I want to be the best overall baseball player that I can be. There's not – when you go and watch Trent Maven, I don't want there to be like, oh, he's a good hitter, but he can't field the ball or he's a bad base runner. And when you watch Trent Maven, I want you to be like, oh, he's a baseball, he's a baller. He plays baseball. He, he, he You could tell this kid works. Yeah. So uh, last baseball question here for you before we kind of dig into that last segment, dig into the personal side of things. Let's say you are a scout watching Trent Maven, watching you play ball. What would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself? Um, I would say Trent Maven's a competitor. You know, like I said, it don't matter who's on the bump. You can tell by just how, how he walks up to the plate. He wants it. But also, even when he gets out, how he runs back to the dugout and he don't sit there and sit on the bench for five minutes. You know, he cheers his teammates on from, you know, I take a lot of pride in my outfield. I, you know, I'm a great outfit. I feel like, you know, especially coming from the surgery, it made me have to be so perfect with my reads in the outfield because I, I didn't have that speed coming back right away. I didn't have that speed to be able to make a bad read and still make up. So, you know, I feel like when you talk about Trent Maven, like I said, I feel like I'm a competitor, you know, with two-strike approach, really just trying to be simple, not trying to do too much. I, I'm, a, I'm a baseball player. I, I don't – I play within myself. I don't really try to do too much. I'm smart on the base path. You know, I feel like I'm a leader. I feel like even if I if I have a bad game, you know, like this kid is a baseball player. You know, you see how he walk around. He's still getting his teammates up. He, when his, his teammates get out or oh, he's, hey, you good, you good, you good. Just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a leader. I'm a, I'm a leader. I'm a competitor. Okay, so we talk about Trent Maven on the baseball field. Last segment here, let's kind of dig away from the baseball field, dig into everything else you got going on. Beyond the game of baseball, obviously it's the offseason right now, so not like I yes, said, sir. not too much baseball games going on. What are some of those passions, some of those hobbies that you have beyond the game of baseball? Um, Honestly, man, I can't even tell you. It's, baseball is me. Like I said, I – I know it's the off season, but I really don't do much, man. I guess I wake up before school, I work out, I go to school, and after school, the first thing I do is I go to the cage and hit, and then from there, I just go work out again, and then I come home, and, you know, when I do have free time, I like to, you know, play the video game. Like, I'm, I'm a kid. I play the video game with my friends, but also, like, I, 
I take pride in my family time. I love to spend time with my family, even if it's just going outside and shooting basketball with my little little siblings. I so I really trying to spend as much time with my family as I can. That's Trent Maven. You know, love listening to music. Probably have a concert in my room every day, singing songs. This that's Trent Maven. Okay, you know, I'm a very right. laid back kid. All right. So you talk about you know playing video games. Are you a big PlayStation Xbox guy? course i'm a big playstation guy PlayStation. Big PlayStation okay guy. all right so i'm assuming what mlb the show what are some of those other games you're playing of course mlb the show you know i'm a big 2k guy i'm a i'm a big 2k guy i think ronnie 2k needs to give me a logo or something now i'm playing <laughs> but I, <laughs> i'm a i'm a big 2k guy for sure um i like madden too but i feel 2k i've always been a 2k since i was younger that's really been like that's... my main game What's i that feel for? like Hey, nobody on the pod just got a team beat me in 2K. Okay, what's the, let's say you guys are playing a pickup game, you know, just you know what I I, I haven't played 2K in a while. Let's say you're playing one of those quick play games, get to pick any team, whether that's legendary, current, whatever. What is that go-to team for you to play in 2K? I'm getting all-time Lakers. Come on, I, I got to, you know, Kobe Bryant, you got Magic Johnson, you got Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You got everybody. I can't. I guess the team I can't turn down. Not feel like nobody's going to beat me, even right. if is, I is use Le, Is LeBron on team. that team yet? Uh, he is, but, you know, like I said, I want my boy Kobe. No, uh, I so love you're LeBron. Not, you're not a LeBron guy. You're not a LeBron nah, I am. I love LeBron. Like I said, I feel like when people ask who's the GOAT all the time, I always say LeBron. You know, that's that's my era. That's our era. But, you know, like, Kobe, you can't beat Kobe Bryant, man. Kobe Bean, that's my – you can't beat that. You know, yeah. if I get if I got the ball in Kobe's hand, I'm not gonna lose. Okay. Well, at least you're saying, you know, at least you're saying LeBron's the go. You know, I'm going through you this see, like exactly. You I'm see? going through this like Illinois thing right now on the podcast. <laughs> and I feel like every guy they talk about Michael Jordan, oh, he's the guy. Like, exactly. Oh, what the hell? What's going exactly. on? Exactly. I don't uh, think so. Moving... I, my my goal is LeBron James. My 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 go of my yeah. era, that's LeBron James. I mean, he's gonna be playing until he's like 45. He's got <laughs> his son's about to be in the league. He's about to be yeah. playing with his son. Yeah. How is he not the goat? Who yeah, else has course, done that in history? Course. But, in um, history, who else has done that? <laughs> uh, but moving from passions to motivations, let's kind of go ahead. You know, what is it that helps you get out of bed every morning, helps you continuously evolve as a ball player, also as a person? What are some of those key motivators that you have? Um, Like I said, just knowing that I could wake up one day and not do something, but there's somebody out there that's doing something. And I don't like waking up knowing that I didn't do nothing. There's somebody out there that's doing something. It's that's my mindset every day from even in school is if I don't do the assignment, there's somebody who did the assignment. So I'm not going to let them do the assignment. I didn't do the assignment from I'm when I wake up, there's somebody who out there and woke up earlier to me and worked out. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to work out even harder and work out two times in the morning instead. So that's, that's biggest my motivator. I, I don't like being out works. I don't like knowing that somebody's out working me or putting more out, putting work more work into me as that's my that's my mindset for sure so having that stellar mindset you know just trying to outwork everybody let's say you keep doing that perfect picture of your life 20 years down the road everything's going right for you what does that perfect picture look like hopefully we're still in the Padres organization man you know that that's that would be the dream honestly you know I love to play for Padres but you know just I want to make it you know like I said I I want to wake up every day and do everything I can to just be, make it there. That's, that's my dream. I would love to not just play for the Padres, but being the MLB, that's, that's my dream. And not only to just be there, but I want to, like I said, I want to be the best. Like, I want to be the best. Like I said, and I feel like my mindset's not ever going to change. Even when I'm there is 
like I said, you can get called down at any second, no matter how good you are, who you are. I said, I want to, I want to be the best baseball player of all time. I'm saying I, I'm not saying I'm the best baseball player right now of all time. No shot at all. But that, that's my dream. That's, that's when I, 20 years of like, that, that's the dream. Okay. So 20 years down. I want to be the, sorry. I want to be like Acuna. I want to be Tatis. When you look, those are. I want to be somebody's role model. You know, those okay. are kids. Those are guys that I look up to. I want to be the guy that like. Oh, I look up to Trent Mabin. I want to play like. That's that's my dream. Yeah, twenty years down the road, you may be creeping up on your dad's fifteen year mark. Uh, maybe you know, you know him as a big league as a big league ball player. But like I, said, I gotta be better than him. I got to. <laughs> I got to. I want to be able to come home and be like Dad. I made it farther. I'm sorry. Of course, of course. You got you to gotta love that inner competition. But um, um, I've got six more questions here for you, man. I'm going to go ahead and ask them in a rapid, fire pay, a rapid fire pace. First off, who is contacting your phone? Obviously, your father's a big leaguer, so let's go ahead and cross him off the list. Beyond your father, who is contacting your phone? Maybe a contact that not too many people have. Second off, go-to playlist. I said you said that you're having a concert in your room pretty much every night. So, <laughs> what's some of that music that you're bumping? Rod Wave for sure. You know that's my dog. Glove Rod Wave. Um, NBA Young Boy, Little Baby. That's really my Money Bag Yo. But can't forget about it. Money Bag Yo. Um, Huncho, Gunna. It's it's so many. I listen to everything. But you know, um, Drake's team. I'll say Drake's assistant. That's the that's the that's the big that's the that's the biggest one. But um, D Gordon, that's that's like my uncle. That's 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 like my uncle. That's a that's that's another big one. Or Alec Thomas. Yeah, Alec is uh, Al, is isn't he from North Carolina? I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I so. He's not. I don't think he was born here, but he definitely came through here. Okay. Because when he was going through that World Series, when I kept seeing his name, some I, yeah, he he might that. actually, you know, he might actually be from here because my dad knows his dad too. So okay, all right. Um, but anyway, moving into that second set of two questions here for you. Let's say I'm taking a trip to Asheville. You know, I hear great things about that city. Have never personally been there. What are some of those recommendations you got for me? Maybe some go-to restaurants, some things to go check out. What are those recommendations for Asheville you have for me? And then let's say you have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would be at that table? Um, the Biltmore House is fun. It's, I think it's the biggest house in the world, actually. You can't that's in Asheville. That's something that you can't miss when you come here. It's it's beautiful. Um, Ichiban, that's my favorite restaurant. Every year for my birthday, I do every year I go to Ichiban, no matter how old I'm at, even if it's a couple days after my birthday, that's the first place I go to. Um, I feel like Asheville is kind of, it's a very calm city. Like, it's a lot of, like, breweries and stuff here. So it's kind of like an older city, I guess. But, you know, if you like hiking, there's, like, waterfalls. We're like, it's, it's a very nature. The mountains, we live in the mountains. So just take a hike and looking at the view is very fun. But the other question, dead or alive, I would have to say Ken Griffey Jr. I would have to say Michael Jordan. And I would have to say, oh, shoot, this is a hard one right here. Ronald Acuna Jr. 
Okay. All right. Not a not 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 too bad a table there. I'm sure you'll be getting some uh you know mindset tips onto your hitting hitting approach. Uh, you know, talking <laughs> about his you know relentless mindset he's got going on as well. I'm sure it'll be some pretty cool conversations going on there. But sure. Um, final two questions here for you. First off, TikTok for you page. You're scrolling on that app. What are those different TikToks that you're seeing? And then final question: Dream. NIL brand, you get to Duke, have the opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What would be that dream brand to endorse, collaborate, or partner with? Um, for the first question, I'm not gonna lie. Only thing I've been seeing right now is Arizona getting beat in the World Series. So that's that's very tough. That's very tough. I've been seeing a lot of a lot of a lot of baseball. That's really that's really all I watch. Like I said, I sit here and just study that all day. Um, the dream NIL deal. That's probably the hardest question I've ever been asked. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that's that's such a that's such a tough question. Um, I would have to say Jordan. I'm not gonna lie, I, Jordan, you know, like being sponsored by Michael Jordan. That's just I feel like any kid dreams of that. I, I all my shoes, I got so many Jordans. Imagine being able to just get free Jordans because you're sponsored by them. That's just that's that's crazy. That's that's definitely my dream and I do for sure. Yeah, I get to, I get Nike quite often. Jordan, I get every once in a while. Man, exactly. I, I love seeing that Jumpman logo on the baseball field. You know, you exactly. Of, what Jeter? I think Jazz Chisholm. Jazz yeah, Chisholm. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Judge. Um, I think, yeah. I think Machado's Tati. There's a lot of yeah. 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 I think uh, I think Duke's uh, rival UNC there is repping them on the baseball field as well. So uh, you know, he's making Jumpman's making making their way into that baseball industry. We yes, love sir. love to see that a little bit more. I, I think you guys got some sort of connection with uh. Dirty Mids as well. I know that's, you know, uh, jump man, but I think that's a pretty cool company too. Yes, sir. Yeah. Very good baseball fans. If y'all, if anybody needs tweeners, I that's go get y'all some dirty mids. You know, you don't got to get them tailored, nothing. So that's definitely a very fun part. That was a very, you know, it was a great opportunity to, you know, be able to have something like that and give baseball pants like that. You know, you don't got to get them tailored. You don't got to get them nothing. They fit you perfectly. And he's uh, that, I mean, the dirty mids guy, like he's like, isn't he a high school kid? Yeah, he actually plays on our team. Played oh, or he played. He played on our team. His name was Luca Kennedy. Yeah, that's my dog still. That's still my brother. But okay. yeah. Right. If I mean if he's interested in coming on the podcast, talk about some dirty mids, you know, maybe we might have to you, set that up. And I can definitely text him for you for sure. Okay. All right. You know, I won't I won't be stopping you from shooting him a text. <laughs> but um, no man, you know, that's you know, that's the final question for you on the podcast. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great getting to meet you. Great getting to learn about, you know, your baseball career, learn everything about how this Padre scout team came together. You know, as you go through these next couple of years of high school ball, go through, you know, playing for Duke and hopefully years and years beyond that as well. Hopefully you're hitting that 15 year mark and beyond. To be yes, sure. um, I do want to wish you the best of luck within your baseball career. But again, man, just appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, sir. Like I said, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity and I'm just blessed to, have to be here right now.